What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Today, we are talking about choosing courage over comfort. If you've been struggling with putting yourself out there, or maybe you put yourself out there, but then you drop the ball (laughs) on your idea, and now you're struggling to pick that ball back up so you can get started towards working on the goal or the dream that you have for yourself, this episode is for you. Because listen, while people often focus on confidence, I always say confidence is overrated. Confidence comes last. You can't get to confidence without courage or curiosity. I believe that courage comes down to taking positive action against some of those thoughts that keep you stuck, those thoughts that keep you feeling less than. It's making the decision to even show up or speak up for what you stand for in life when there is no precedent or blueprint for success. Courage is having the audacity to make a left when everyone else is making a right. It's the nerve to show up in the face of uncertainty. It's having the audacity to speak up to the naysayers and the killed joys that exist in your family, your friends, uh, your communities, or even your workplaces. It's having the audacity to show up. And here's the thing, people often talk about audacity like it's a, a bad thing. She had the audacity to say this. She had the audacity to do this. Audacity is a beautiful word. (laughs) Anywho, today in the Candid Conversation streets, we have Candace Doby, an Atlanta-based speaker, courage coach, and author of The Cool Girl's Guide to Courage. Now, Candace works with universities and organizations to help emerging leaders activate their personal courage to perform their potential in school, work, and life. Candace brings a decade of research on courage with her experiences leading marketing teams at Chipotle Mexican Grill, solo traveling to more than 20 countries, writing a book and starting a business. She's penned several essays to msnbc.com. And Candace's whole mission is to make courage fun to talk about, easy to digest, and practical to activate. When she's not speaking, she's hosting her podcast, The Courage Hotline, or designing her line of pep talker greeting cards. And so we exchange a lot of laughs about our past and present struggles with courage and practical ways to activate courage every day so you can reach your untapped potential. Y'all listen, give me a five-star rating and share this episode with your people and let me know what you think. Well, 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 party people, we have a special guest in the building. Welcome, Candice. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited that you are here with us. I'm always curious about people like you who are coaches, authors, uh, speakers, and you're committed to uplifting others through your work. As children, we don't usually have those titles in mind. So what did you dream about becoming when you were a kid? (laughs) I love this question so much, and I don't think I've ever gotten this question I can remember though, when I was younger, I specifically drew a picture and told my parents that I wanted to be a flight attendant, a flight attendant. Don't ask me 
how I got there. Don't ask me because there were no people in my family who were flight attendants. But I think from a young age, I had this vision of traveling. I had this desire to travel and see different things and, and gain different perspectives, even when I was young. So that translated to me into being a flight attendant. Well, did you follow that at all in terms of actually applying to airlines to become a flight attendant? There were moments, I think when I first graduated from school and you're just trying to get a job, I majored in, in marketing. So, but I do remember putting in applications at Delta and United for working with the airlines and it didn't manifest with me working at an airline, but I can tell you that desire to travel never, ever went away. So part of my jam and part of what I do is I pair all of these different experiences that I've had personally and observations in my work. And I have traveled to over 20 countries solo as a black woman going to Southeast Asia and all these different places. So it's crazy how, you know, you have this desire as a young child to do something and it might manifest as a flight attendant back then. But when you get older, you travel, you know, the desire is still there. Right. It's so funny. Now that I think about it, I believe at one point I dreamed about being a flight attendant, but I just wanted to go places. So I don't really, it's like, I can get free flight points or something and travel and travel places. But I'm interested to, to know what is the one country or the city that captured your heart and why? Definitely Ubud, Indonesia. Ubud, Indonesia, because it was my first trip abroad. And you know how it's like, you know, you can't recreate or have the same experiences of like your first love. It's hard to get that, that experience again. So I think that was what I experienced with travel. The first place I went to was Ubud, Indonesia, and, and really started to uncover things about myself that I hadn't before because you're in a new place around new people and landscapes. So that I, there's nothing that has been able to top that first trip. So that would be it. I love that you said that. So the first place that I traveled solo was Italy. So I landed in Venice, Italy, and we're talking about courage today. And I always make this joke that I think I was Italian in my former life <laughs> <laughs> because Italy is the place that really helped me identify my own belief system because initially, first off, when I told my family I was traveling to Italy solo, I have to be very transparent and honest. And they said, what? You're going yeah. there? Yeah. You gotta be careful. You know, they don't like black people, all the, the things yep. that you typically hear. And I really went because I was in love with this poster uh, of, of Venice, Italy that I bought from Target. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of looking at this poster. I'm just going to go. But yeah. I, I, I found courage there because I used to think that I was terrible with directions that I couldn't follow directions really easily and because I was forced to follow a map because that was before we was doing the map quest thing right <laughs> uh, and so I would memorize the, the map before I left out so people wouldn't know that I was traveling solo but to your point that first place is really it's really special so I'm happy that you too had experience yeah. Yeah. And something that you said that I just want to point out, because it was deep and powerful, which is I was telling myself that I wasn't good at directions. And I think that's what we often do is we create a story and a narrative and we repeat it. And when you repeat something enough times, you start to believe it, even if it's not true. And so for you, whether it was getting out of that narrative saying, I'm not good with directions and actually saying, no, I can do this. 
And it's, it's me saying, man, I can't, you know, leave the country by myself and getting out of that space and say, absolutely, I can do this. So I think that's so important. Why do you think we're so quick to form bad beliefs or bad thoughts about ourselves? I just think they're comfortable. I just think you telling yourself that I don't know how to read a map, it gets you out of having to put forth the effort and maybe even the discomfort of reading a map and going to wherever you need it to go. And so I just think it's comfortable. I think it's safe. And even though we're doing damage to ourselves when we start to believe these negative narratives and and they hold us back, they're still comfortable. You're still getting something out of them. and And that is not having to put forth a lot of effort. And so I think that's why we do it. So true. So I'm I'm also curious to know, you specialize in courage for young women, but listen, party people, I got to tell you, I was lovingly stalking Kansas before this interview. And I'm like, (laughs) to the wiser, (laughs) those (laughs) who are a little bit wiser as well. Okay. Don't worry. I'm gonna help y'all get y'all lives together and include all the links to her work and her book. And we're going to talk more about that. But I'm curious about a point in your life when you came to a fork in the road and you courageously made a decision that maybe went against what was popular. I started out wanting to be a flight attendant. So that was maybe when I was eight. And when I got a little bit older, I I said that I wanted to go into marketing, that I wanted to work at advertising agencies and be this big, sexy executive at an advertising agency. So that was the dream when I got a little bit older. And one of the things that I recognized that just wouldn't leave me alone that kept following me was this theme of courage. And I didn't really know that that's what it was until I spent some time with it. But I have done a lot of courageous things in my life, moving from Chicago to Charlotte without having a job lined up or traveling around the world or challenging my bosses when I'm the only black woman in a room. So so things large and small, I've been able to conjure courage. But when I really started figuring it out was when I was leading teams, when I was responsible for other people's professional development and helping them navigate corporate spaces and professional spaces while being true to themselves and being honest, putting forth an honest expression of themselves. So I started to do some research and really it's internal research and figure out, well, what was the thing that was allowing me to do big things and allowing them to do big things? And there was this theme of courage that I just was like, I have to share with young professionals, emerging leaders, particularly girls and young women, how to conjure courage so that they can do big things so that they can become better versions of themselves. So once I got this kind of idea in my head, I knew that it would require me to quit my job. I knew that it would require me to leave behind the successful marketing career. I had been doing it for 16 years. I was managing an entire program for a billion dollar brand, but I knew if I really was going to move on this mission and this vision to spread the good news about courage, I was going to have to leave. So that is a moment when I had to decide it was a fork in the road, as you said, I had to decide what was I going to do? Was Mm -hmm. I going to stay with all the comfortable kind of societal bling, the things that were flashy that people think that you're crazy for giving up or was I going to go in a different direction? Oh, I love that. I also like that you said I needed to do the internal research. So a few weeks ago, I had Torrey Roberts on the podcast and he has this quote that I am in love with. And he said, when you think of yourself as a mystery, it leads to self-mastery. So true. 
So true. And that quote is probably the, the thing that stuck with me the most because in your internal research, what I hear that you're saying is you had to find the answers within instead of answers without. Yeah. And I, I love that. It really aligns in what, from what he said and what I said, and that really is it. We hold all the answers, but there's a lot of stripping away that has to happen. A lot of stripping away of other people's opinions and their limitations and their fears. And so in order to be able to strip those layers away, you do have to go internal and you do have to follow this path of internal inquiry, which is asking yourself questions about what you really want and what your what purpose you're called to fulfill. And do you trust yourself? Because that's part of it is people don't leave the jobs, don't do the thing that they're called to do because they don't trust themselves to figure it out. If things go sideways, they don't trust themselves. So that's an important question I had to ask myself is Candace, if you do this, do you trust yourself to be able to figure it out when it seems challenging? Right. You know, part of the the challenge for me and and making the tough decisions and being at that fork myself when changing working corporate to now having my own company, I like that you said it's the stripping away, right, Mm -hmm. of the thoughts and the actions that you thought you were going to take, or maybe the thoughts and the behaviors that you were raised to live by. Mm -hmm. And so for me, unlearning has become more important than learning in itself. What are some of the things that you've had to unlearn when you think about how you were brought up or some of the things that you faced throughout your career? What are some of the thoughts or or the beliefs that you had to unlearn and create uh, new beliefs and thoughts for yourself? That's a deep one. I think we can go from just the way that our society positions or lays out how a person should grow and develop from going to primary school, secondary school primary, secondary, high school, to college, to getting a job. Like that is the path of the majority. And my parents worked their jobs for 35 and 36 years. And so one of the things that I had to unlearn was that was the only way that thinking and and really internalizing that was the only way to get stability, financial, you know, stability to become whoever I, I am to become. So I would say that is just one of the things that I had to overcome is thinking that's the only way. And I would say another thing is there is so much stuff put into being able to have the things, the company car, the frequent flyer miles, the six figure salary, there's so much that our society puts into possessing those things. And so I did have to, had to get through the thought of if I was to give those things up and I work for a very recognizable brand. So I knew that if I was going to be separating myself from that brand, I had this very real fear of losing street credibility. I could go tell anybody that I work for a partic- this particular brand and they, they'd be like falling all over me. <laughs> I had to unlearn that that's where my value came from and that's where my really purpose came from. And so, yeah, it's just really being able to detach from those things. Right. Oh my gosh. So I was laughing. You all can't see us, but I was laughing as Kansas was speaking because y'all know I'd be wanting to scream sometimes when people be speaking like, yes, yes. But I love that you are transparent about the fact that you might lose your street credibility because I too was working for a very recognizable brand. And it was always my dream to speak before an international audience for a global audience. Mm. And so I thought to myself, well, Candia, if you take this leap, you won't be able to 
get paid to fly halfway across the world to speak for a global organization. And guess what God did? Like, you know, two years after I quit my job, I'm in Nigeria speaking. I've been into Kenya speaking. And so that's how it works. Losing that street credibility is a real fear that we have, especially when we are attached to a company or even be the credibility that you will fear that you will lose as well. Yeah. So I think it's really being able to detach ourselves from the labels that our corporations put on us, VP or director or whatever, being able to detach from those because there are other labels that we can adopt that are more inspiring and empowering and that will really open the door to possibility if we are just willing to to embrace them and walk through the door. Right. And one of your articles, you talked about what it takes to courageously approach some things that you want to do in your life, but you talked about focus on comparing yourself to your former self versus comparing yourself to others. I love that because even now I'm like, you know what? I'm better than I was last year. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So what are some practical (laughs) ways that you can put that into practice weekly or monthly to get in that more so of a habit? Because it's so hard with the noise in the world. It is so hard, but I'm so glad you brought that up because that is truly the the most important comparison that we can make is the comparison to former versions of ourselves, because that's truly where we can start to assess how far we've come. It is so easy for us to forget. It's so easy for us to forget our skills, our talents, our purpose, the lessons that we've previously learned all of the goodness that is within us because our brain wants to put forth all of the negative imagery, what could go wrong. So I think it's important to intentionally engage in the process of remembering, remembering how dope you are. And so that can be done. Honestly, I make it a practice of waking up every morning and remembering one thing about the day before that I did well. I know people who have said, I'm going to write my, do a, a voice memo at the end of the day about something that I did really well, or some strength that I actually exercise during the day. And that's really critical and important. And if we do that enough, we can get in the habit of remembering literally how dope we are and have that carry us forward so that when we do want to compare ourselves to things and other people, we can look back to last week and last month and last year to see how far we've come. Oh, such practical advice. I've been meditating every day and I love it. Some of them, some of my sessions are guided meditations that help you recall those dope moments. Yeah. <laughs> right. That you yes. may have forgotten about so that you can connect the dots to your future self, who you yes. are becoming. And it's been such a powerful way because sometimes my mind likes to take me down the negative Nancy or Killjoy <laughs> street in the morning. And so those sessions have been very powerful to do mm. a lot of what you said to compare my current self to my former self, but then even get connected with my future self. Yes. Yes. And And I'm going to be very honest and transparent and say, I'm doing well in my business, but if I get on Instagram or if I get on some, some platform, I can see very easily all the people who are doing better than me, seemingly doing better than me, you know? And so that's not inspiring. That's not empowering. And so we do compare ourselves to each, to other people to get information about ourselves. That's one of the ways we get information about ourselves, which is fine. People say, oh, we need to stop doing that. It's going to happen. It's a part of being a human, but we have to say, all right, intentionally, 
let me take where I am right now and compare it to where I was last year. And we should be like doing all kinds of happy dances in our bathroom mirrors when we do that, when right. we make that comparison. And it's so funny. And I've, I saw this reference in one of your articles as well, that research says our brains are hardwired to focus on the negative. I'm like, why didn't y'all tell me yes. this when I was like eight or nine years old? I probably could have avoided a whole lot of things, but unlearning becomes critical. It becomes so critical. And, and it goes back to hundreds of thousands of years ago, there's this instinct that we have inside of us that is really centered around self-preservation. So it's like, that's the, the innate kind of biological goal is to be preserved. And the way that our brain does that is it's going to put every negative thing in front of you so that you can run away from it as a way to preserve yourself, go into self-preservation mode or protection mode. And it's how we were wired. And we do have to do a lot of intentional stuff and put forth a lot of effort to counter that. Right. And it's so funny. So before this interview, I was watching The View mm-hmm. with uh, Viola Davis. And love her. Yeah, love, love, love her. And just hearing her speak and be so transparent and vulnerable about her story. But she talked about shame being mm. a holdup for her, particularly around. So according to her, she was raised in extreme poverty. She watched her mom be abused at the hands of her father. And she's a chocolate, I like to say a chocolate woman. And so she yeah. had, you know, some issues around her complexion. And she talked about shame really stopped her a lot from figuring out more of who she could be in that next version of herself. So what are some examples or some ways that we could possibly turn shame into courage? Because I think as women too, Mm -hmm. we may be ashamed about many different things. Maybe you think it took you too long (laughs) to go back to school. How do we work through shame? And, and turn that into courage? Yeah, I think that's a deep question. That's a layered question. But a lot of what you just said, it does feed into and go back to what are we telling ourselves? So there's something in Viola Davis that said, the way in which I grew up is something to be shameful about. So that's a narrative. That is a story that she told herself. And not, I'm not saying that, you know, she got help. Society teaches us certain things. But what I am saying is that we are really the the directors of our own stories. We are the main characters. And at some point, all of us have to learn how to switch up the narrative. And and, and it's not just one time, it's repeatedly. You switch up the narrative when the narrative is taking us to a space that is not inspiring and empowering. And I'm wondering if that's some of the work that she did. But you ask how you turn that into courage. One of the biggest acts of being courageous is having the courage to confront ourselves. So a lot of people would probably want to stay in that space. I was just watching Ultimatum on Netflix. And I don't know if, if, if anybody has seen that show. I have. Um, there, you have seen it. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. There, there is a person on that show, Zay. I watched season one, not season two. But Zay constantly talked about how he grew up not having what other people had and how he had a really messed up childhood. And you saw that story that he can continue to repeat to himself, play out and how he had interactions with some of the women that he were dating, was dating. He was ashamed of that story, but he used that to explain some of the, his behaviors. Mm-hmm. And really what needs to happen, not, I mean, 
I'm not saying this is what he needs to do, but what we all need to do is we have to have the courage to confront ourselves and be real about some of the stories that we are telling ourselves, if they are true, if they are exaggerated, if they are keeping us in a space where we cannot move forward. We literally have to do the internal research and have the courage to do it because there's going to be some stuff that comes up that we do have to deal with. And a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily want to deal with the, the work that has to be done. I like that you brought up the ultimatum because I am just <laughs> episode five, mm. but uh, I heard Zay talk about his upbringing and mm. one episode he was meeting the family of the woman that he decides to stay with for the three week thing. But he talks about the fact that his parents are still alive, but he really doesn't have a relationship yep. with them. And, you know, I thought to myself too, that when you tell, share the story, sometimes it removes the sting from it. And I got that same energy from Viola in that when you keep the story, and that's not saying you have to go around spinning all your business, mm-hmm. okay? But mm-hmm. sometimes when you share the story in hopes, especially in hopes to help other people, uplift other people, let other people know that you're not alone, that helps to also provide healing. I believe that sometimes your story has healing power. And so when we keep it hidden sometimes, now, of course, you still should do the to your point, internal work, get therapy and things of that sort. But sometimes when you share the story or the, the unfortunate thing that happens, it removes the sting. Yeah, I do believe that. And that's why this is so layered, depending on where people are sharing the story to just get it out there because it becomes less of a weight to them. The more that you you share it, the less it becomes of a weight to you. And I think it's also important to, okay, now we've shared the story, but what story are we sharing from what vantage point and what perspective? So it's like, are we sharing the story from a perspective of woe is me? And, you know, I'm um, unable to grow into a different person because of where I came from. So is it from that perspective or is it from a perspective of, yes, this is my story. And this is what the, you know, accepting that story and personalizing it and looking at it in a different way has opened up some doors and opportunity for me to learn and grow and develop. So true. We have to figure out the lens, right? What's yeah. the angle? We got to figure out the lens. Yeah, it's like very, very yeah. true. So your mission is to help emerging leaders everywhere courageously speak up, stand out and stay true to themselves by making courage easy to digest, fun to talk about and practical to activate. And I want to touch on that part of your mission to stay true to themselves, to stay true to yourself, Mm. especially considering noise of social media. And like you said, you could look at Instagram and then all of a sudden you think I should be doing that too. Maybe I should be pop locking on TikTok. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or pointing on TikTok. I don't know. What are some of the things that you do to relieve yourself of that pressure so you can activate uh, your courage? There is one thing that I repeat to myself and I share with other people too. When I find myself in a space of doing all the comparisons, struggling far more than I should ever be struggling. The thing that I remind myself of is a question. And that question is what rule am I following right now that does not exist? And that is an important question because a lot of times what happens when I'm struggling and straining and looking around and trying to see what other people are doing is because I'm following some rule that doesn't really exist. 
And those are rules of looking at other people and seeing how they did it and thinking I have to do it the exact same way. It's looking at what my parents did and what they believe and thinking I've got to believe the exact same way. So these are rules and restrictions that I have placed on myself and I bet a lot of other people place on themselves that keeps us from moving forward. And so I think that is a really important question that I ask myself that other people can ask themselves too is, okay, am I following a rule right now that actually is not real? And I think a lot of times when we ask ourselves that question, we will, I'm going to say 99% of the time, find out that we are, that we've, we're following some made up rule. Right. Oh, okay. So listen, y'all, Candace is not sharing the full tea. Okay. Because this, that question is actually one of three questions that she shares to help you get unstuck and make uh, better decisions when you're trying to move forward. I noticed from an, an article that you wrote, you said three critical questions we should ask ourselves to help ourselves get unstuck. Are you waiting for permission? Are you following rules that don't exist? And are you looking for validation? And I was like, Ooh, that's a mic drop moment. (laughs) I started looking at myself. Like, let me call myself to the front of the congregation. Wait a minute. So wait, okay. So what, what are some behaviors that may show you that you are looking for validation not true help. Because I think a lot of the times we tell ourselves, I don't know how to get started, or we do things, but we're, we're doing these things because we want validation or approval. Yeah. Yeah. I think we know when we don't trust ourselves. I think, I think we know. And when we look for validation, it is a result of us truly just not trusting ourselves, not trusting our capacity to decide and make a decision and also be responsible for the outcome of that decision, no matter what it is. We don't trust ourselves or we don't wanna be accountable for our decisions. And I think we, we know that. I've talked to young women who are trying to figure out what college they wanna to go to. They don't wanna make a decision because they don't wanna be responsible for that decision if things didn't go right. So we know that. And that's looking for permission. So that's looking for permission to make a decision. You asked about validation. And I think that validation comes from a place of just not being self-assured and not being self-aware. I think we constantly um, need somebody to pat us on the back and say, good job. And that comes from a place of not knowing your value, your worth, and being assured in that. And so I think we do know those things. I think when you are truly looking for advice and you're truly looking to grow, you are not asking, how did I do? You know, you're not asking, well, did I do a great job? You, you are truly coming from a place of wanting to improve. You're truly coming from a place of knowing, first off, what you did well, what you could work on, but getting another perspective. So you're adding on top of what, what you think is your foundation, and you're just adding on top of that for perspective. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you have a, a new book out, Cool Girl's Guide. To Courage, yes. To Courage. And tell us about the book. What are the points that really inspired you to say, okay, I need to package this into a cool girl's guide to courage. When I first started my speaking and coaching business, I was talking to young girls. So girls in middle school and high school about courage. What I very quickly realized is that courage is not a topic that young girls or young people in general want to be talking about. It's not sexy. It's not Beyonce. It's not Meg Thee Stallion 
or, you know, those types of things that we want to be talking about, quite honestly. So I knew that if I was going to reach girls and, and really have them start to explore their courage, that I was going to have to make it fun. It couldn't be this like intimidating or boring thing that I went out and talked about. So I had this idea. I said, what if courage was a real person? Like, what if courage was your 27 year old cousin who was real cool that you wanted to be just like, what would courage say to you if courage saw you feeding into your self-doubt and limiting beliefs? Like what would courage say? So I decided to write a book and give courage a voice. And the voice is one that I think blends truth, love, and shade, which is what I say. Um, and it just gets really real about this is what courage would say if you start to let fear talk to you crazy and stop you from doing the things that you want to do. So it's a book of quotes in the voice of courage and of journal prompts to really help girls and young women start to get some of their thoughts out of their head and on paper so they can get some more clarity and move forward and do the things that they, that they need to do, whether that's audition for the team, ask for the raise, travel to another country or whatever. Right. Now, here's why. I mean, I love the book for, for the, especially how you've just explained the purpose and the intent and how it came about. I love it for many different reasons, but a few things come to mind for me. One, I feel like while I focus on confidence a, a lot, mm -hmm. I always say that confidence is overrated because before mm -hmm. you get to confidence, you have to start with courage and curiosity. Yes. I love that curious enough to question your thoughts, uh, question some of the things that you were raised to believe, some of the things that are no longer serving you, and then courageous enough to come up with new beliefs and follow those actions. And so mm. for me, I've learned that the actual confidence and really looking confidence and speaking confidently, has it comes last. <laughs> because first you have to go through that process of courageously making a decision and sticking to it. That requires courage. Oh, definitely. To confidence. And then the second reason why I like the intent of your book is because I feel like the best relationship that any of us will ever have is the relationship you have with your inner, vo inner voice. Mm. And I like that you have the shade thrown in there, <laughs> the yellow shade, because I am a huge fan of self-talk. Yes. And, you know, sometimes I'm talking to myself in third person, Candy, a girl, what are you doing? <laughs> we're not doing this today. What you doing? <laughs> what? We're, not, we're not doing this today. Is this belief serving you? Like, really? What are we going to do with this? Absolutely. And I tell you on that. I really I, do. I, I am so thankful that you have decided to create this voice for young women, because I do believe that if a lot of us were told things about one, how our brains are wired, but two, listen, you need to improve your self-talk, <laughs> like learn how to yeah. love and then give yourself some shade. Now, if you had one rule that everyone should follow, what would that rule be? Ooh, one rule. Thank you for asking that question. You have me thinking about all kinds of things that I have not thought about take a risk every day. I would say take a risk every day because there is a quote and forgive me, I can't attribute it, but it goes something like this, that the people who reach the height of their potential, who really access the fullness of their potential are the people who make risk-taking routine. So these are the people who take risks frequently and they take them 
all the time. And so one of the ways that we can really tap into our potential, unleash our potential, grow into these greater versions of ourselves is to continuously step outside of our comfort zone. And so we can do that by taking large and small risks. It doesn't matter the size. It just matters that you are doing something to challenge yourself. So that could be on a daily basis. If that's trying a new food, if that's risky for you, going to lunch or dinner somewhere different, if that is making your own decision about what you're going to wear. I don't know. Some people have to look to a partner or a friend to be like, what should I wear when we go out? You know, if that's risky for you, we could start there all the way to stepping out, leaving your job, to doing your own thing, to traveling solo, to starting a new company, you know, whatever. Those are some bigger risks, but it's just important that we every day are doing something outside of our comfort zone. So Kansas had to break that down because I gave her a little side eye, like, wait, what? A risk every day. <laughs> What's that going to look like? Child? I don't know. I, I like to have a plan from risk. But I love that you said like little practical things. If you look for advice around what to wear from your outfit to even shade of lipstick. Yeah. I do believe that even courage and confidence, it is like going to the gym. It's a muscle and you have to exercise it. So I thank you so much for that very practical advice. Last question. How could myself and my Kansas Conversations peeps continue to support the life-changing work that you are doing around the world. How can we continue to support you and follow you? Let us know. Thank you. I, I am at CandiceDobie.com and that's the hub. That's where you can get everything that I'm up to. I would say more practically than just going to the site and looking around, purchase the book, A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage. You know, one of the things that people who have already bought the book already tell me is that it's not just for young girls. It's not just for your 13 year old, you know, people who are 33 and 34 and 50 and 70 and hundred, they can get value out of the book. So purchase the book, share it. And I'm at, at the at sign Candace Doby on LinkedIn and Instagram. So yeah, I love to be friends. I love to talk courage. Courage is my jam. So we can have a courage conversation. Yes, y'all hear that? Well, listen, party people, y'all know what to do, okay? If if this episode touched your heart in any way, share it with your people so they can share it with their people. I appreciate you all. I will see you next week.